0: And during that time, I remember I was really sick, maybe in my early twenties when I was going to university and I was seeing this spiritual healer and she said, your ancestors have been around you. They show up every night. And it's true, my nighttime had been so wild since I was little, my ancestor would would come visit and I'd be kind of scared and my dreams were wild. And I just did a piece of together. I sort of thought everybody had these experiences um but when i got really sick it got even it got more strong like they were trying to communicate with me and they were trying to open me up to to that really divine connection that i too was a healer and i was meant to do this work in the world
1: welcome to another episode of a woman's blessing podcast my name is lynette allen And this show is dedicated to honouring the strength and resilience of women. Over the past years, I've held hundreds of sister circles and hosted some deeply healing medicine retreats where I've been really humbled to hear the true stories of how women have overcome really difficult life situations. From hearing those stories, I was just so aware of how resilient and how brave women really are, and how courageous we are when we really don't know how we're gonna get through. We pull ourselves through, no matter what's going on, we are gifted with angels and decisions to make, and we call on our guides and our gods and our spirits, and somehow we get messages that lead us through. This show is about meeting the women who have been through that, who have done that. And we'll be hearing their most personal stories to reveal how they got through, what they did exactly, where their strength came from in order to inspire you. And I'm really, really pleased today to be able to interview Asha Frost, healing rainbow medicine woman. You're an indigenous medicine healer, and I'm gonna be talking to you about your journey and your heritage and how you came to develop yourself and get over some of the hurdles that I know you've been through. As I said to you in the beginning, before we press record, I don't know your story very well. And I like that because I'm able to hear firsthand when you tell it to me. So Asha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It really is a true pleasure. Um, I was put in touch with you by a friend of mine. She gave me your Instagram link about nine months ago. Mm -hmm. I've been following your wise words and your wisdom. And I really love your page and the little snippets of what I've heard from you. And I know you have a deep story of healing. So I'd really like to understand where you were at the beginning of that healing journey and what was going on for you at the time when you found out that you were ill?
0: Sure, so I was a teenager. I mean, I believe we probably are all on healing journeys from the time that we're in the womb or that our soul comes into this onto this earth, but it really cracked open when I was 17 and I was diagnosed with a chronic illness called the lupus. And at that time, um, you know, I was a teenager and I was um, in a relationship that was probably not for the, for the highest good of me. But um, I got this diagnosis, and of course, the doctors want to put me on medication. So I tried the medication, and it made me really sick. And I was always really sensitive and really empathic. And the medication just didn't resonate with my system. So I needed to find a different way. So I went searching, and during that search, I found different ways, alternative therapies, really, to help me, to bring me back to that that depth and that connection of who I truly am. And, um, yeah, it's just, I saw a naturopath and then she brought me to, you know, plant medicines. And then that just started me on a whole journey of reconnection and reclaiming and remembering, um, all that flowed through my ancestral wisdom and all that flowed through my own bones and blood and everything that was being awakened and needed to be remembered came back during that time. So it was, A powerful time of course it's I'm 40 almost 43 now so it's been a journey it's been a journey of remembering Mm. and um, trying a lot of different therapies to heal myself and doing a lot of sacred inner work
1: I can tell that you've been through a lot actually and your stories on uh, Instagram Uh, lean towards that too. So you were a teenager, you were um, diagnosed with lupus. How was that affecting you? I don't know too much about lupus, but how was that affecting you and your life at the time? What was going on day to day?
0: So my lupus diagnosis, when I was when I got it, I was having just um, mild symptoms in my lungs. It affects it. It's sort of like a condition where your body mistakes, mistakes, things about itself. So it attacks itself and I was having just little, little symptoms of arthritis and fatigue. Um, and during the years it's been, there's been flare ups of um, pericarditis. So my, my heart has been affected and my lungs have been affected. And I've had times where I haven't been able to walk or move up and down the stairs. Some of the flare ups have been pretty intense and pretty painful, um, hair loss, skin disease. Um, I think the major thing I deal with daily is probably the fatigue um and some other sort of other things but I think that's probably it's mostly during the flare-ups where the intensity increases so it can affect any part of your body um the connective tissue and the joints mostly so yeah it's it's sort of is one of those diseases they say it's like 50 faces or 100 faces or something because it can show up in many different ways from
1: so that must be quite disruptive uh, and has been disruptive to your life you're a mother of uh two
0: Mm -hmm. as
1: well so tell me about the healing journey. You, you got very sick on the medicine. Yeah. So that clearly wasn't for you. Did you know much about your background and your um, heritage and what was being pulled through for you at that time, or were you learning because of your illness then?
0: Yeah, I I didn't at the time. I mean, I grew up in a space where my spirit was always nurtured and nourished, and my mother would ask me every morning, what did you dream about last night? She's very connected. She's one of my elders and teachers. And um, so we lived in a very like holistic type of home in that way where my whole self was seen and loved and honored. But in regards to actual like earth medicines being given to us, you know, that wasn't really um, something that we knew much about. So really being diagnosed with that that illness really sort of opened up this whole new world of what other ways can we heal? And when, when I started to learn about them, it was like, I felt this remembering in my heart and my soul and my spirit, like, I know this, I've known this, my body's known this, my spirits know this. And, and during that time, I remember I was really sick, maybe in my early twenties when I was going to university and I was seeing this spiritual healer. And she said, your ancestors have been around you. They show up every night. And it's true, my nighttime had been so wild since I was little my ancestor would, would come visit and I'd be kind of scared and my dreams were wild. And I just did a piece of it together. I sort of thought everybody had these experiences. Um, but when I got really sick, it got even, it got more strong. Like they were trying to communicate with me and they wow. were trying to open me up to, to that really divine connection that I too was a healer and I was meant to do this work in the world.
1: That's so beautiful. So when you are a child, that, that was just kind of normal for you and you thought everybody did that and then it kind of scared you a bit as well
0: yeah it did it did I didn't have any framework for really understanding that you know my mom has the story that when I was born she looked into my eyes um and could and just knew that I was this old soul and then she brought me to my grandfather who actually gave me my spirit name and um, he said that he saw me as a seer um and that wow. it was sort of like an initiation probably from when I was really little that they saw that in me
1: mm. That's such a special story. It mm-hmm. sounds like you've had a beautiful, beautiful childhood in that respect and really been honored.
0: Yes, definitely from definitely in that way. I definitely have been supported to to stand in my gifts. I, I can say I'm so grateful for that, because I know that's not the start for many people. Um, yeah. but I've always been encouraged, I think, to to do those things. I mean, by my mother, you know, there's lots of other <laughs> traumas and wounding from the outside world that comes in um, when you try to do that. But definitely from from her I have a really great base and rooted um energy
1: so this podcast is is about like the stepping stones I suppose of how we move from this isn't working whatever the situation is whether it's a marriage falling apart or we've got we've got ill yeah or we realize our career is just like not not feeding us in some way but it's from how do I get from here what's the first thing that I have to do and then trying to navigate that and and the stories on this podcast have been so beautiful Mm. because they have been able to articulate well the first thing I did was this and I really felt a call to do that so when the medicine wasn't working from the doctor that traditional medicine that you know in the west we're all brought up with and (laughs) I've had my fair share of plant medicine now to know that I prefer (laughs) to take something else these days. But what was your first inkling, your first step? And how did that arrive to you? Like the first thing you did when the traditional medicine was making you ill?
0: The first thing that I remember, because it's kind of like a spark of light, right? It's like that spark of remembering was I'd seen a naturopath and she gave me a homeopathic remedy. And that It was like she said to me this is a remedy for shyness as a child because she'd asked me all these questions about my personality was like as a child and growing up and i thought shyness as a child how is that going to heal my my physical body right now right so there's these two Mm -hmm. little pellets and i took these two little pellets and i remember at the time i was so scared of dying and i was so anxious and i remember i was just i was not myself and those two pellets changed my life. Like I felt like more of myself and that it was really the introduction of homeopathy. That was like, it was like a remembering of my energy body a remembering that I'm a whole person remembering that I am more than the sum of my parts. And it sparked this like incredible inspiration to also become a homeopath. So it sent me ah. on that, um, that journey as well, because I, I loved that medicine so much and it was, um, yeah, it was, it's actually kind of really magical when I think about it because that moment sort of led me on my path. It was like, okay, this really this works for me. And it's a remembering that this medicine is going to be one that I'm going to practice with thousands of people one day.
1: Can I go back a step further as well? Because what led you to homeopathy? Was it like a leaflet you saw or somebody you knew or did somebody recommend you? How did you find that?
0: Somebody recommended this naturopath. So it's interesting because naturopaths don't always uh, practice homeopathy, but this one in particular was a really great homeopath. So I could have seen anybody, right, and been prescribed like hundreds of supplements and all those things that sometimes naturopaths give, but this one was very well-skilled in homeopathy. So I just think that was kind of a serendipitous um, connect mm. as well and that she was meant to be – we had a divine appointment. She was meant to be there on that at that time on my path. Um, and I was meant to learn that this was going to be something that was going to nourish my life for the rest of my life
1: I love that kind of synchronicity when we meet people and when we get messages and when like the dates organize up and all of a sudden you are sat opposite somebody and you are meant to be there it's just really amazing to me still that we put a wish out there into the universe and how do I do this and then all of a sudden we're we're faced with solutions, you know?
0: Yeah, it's, it's actually really beautiful.
1: So from that, that was your first taste of homeopathy. It really worked for you, mm-hmm. you loved it. Did you start to get better at that point or how did the journey unfold?
0: Yeah, well that was only, I was probably only 21 at the time and I'd say I noticed differences or changes or shifts in my, I'd say more in my emotional body. And, um, but you know, I still had flare ups, I still do to this day. So I think that it was, it's really important to talk about healing versus curing, because I think people will ask me, are you cured? And I say, I don't think so, but am I healed? Yes. Can I continue to heal? Yes. So I think that since then, um, you know, stress has a huge impact on our systems. So when I was in university, that was like a really stressful time. And, um, that was sort of when I would have these flare ups that were pretty intense. So, but during that time, I just learned more and more about different things that could help me through these different symptoms. And, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of been a journey of healing through a lot of layers. And I think also it's important to talk about the ancestral trauma that has moved through my body because, um, my people, there's a lot of trauma there and I've gone through a lot of healing work just to even get to the point of practicing my own medicine and learning my own medicine, because it's more easily accessible when you don't have all that trauma in your lineage. So a lot of the trauma has been passed through, I believe through my physical body, um, I've somehow contracted or chosen that I would I would kind of heal that through my own body recently, I don't want to do that anymore. So I've really been working on not wanting to do that anymore, because I'm done with the physical pain. But that's Mm -hmm. the the journey really is, um, there's been different parts that, that I've tried to heal through my own body that I think have not been mine to, to heal. So it's just a continuing evolving path, truly.
1: Do you have any sense of how you realized that your ancestral lineage and that pain was coming through
0: your own lupus mm. yeah there's there's many things that point to that my aunt had lupus she died of lupus um in her late 40s and so there is just a connection I don't always believe that you know we have these genetic you know predispositions I think there's just like a connection there from, from on a my sister also was diagnosed with a different form of lupus when she was a teenager and, um, a medicine person told my mom that I took it on for her. So that was an interesting story. And then also my grandfather suffered from really bad arthritis. Um, and I would wake feeling his pain, like feeling that intense pain he would be having. And, um, it was interesting when he would describe the pain to me, I would just know it. So I just, there was just things like that, that would happen that I would just start to feel like, why am I experiencing this? You know, this isn't, this, this isn't necessarily, I just, it I just, it was a feeling that it wasn't mine. It wasn't all mine. Um, yeah. And somehow I'd opened up to that and I'm, I'm highly sensitive. So I think there's that. And then there's also part of this kind of soul contract, because I believe that some of us are chosen ones to break those cycles. I think that I'm here and part of my medicine work is to break that cycle. I just don't want to do it in my physical body anymore. But um, Mm. it's taken me 43 years to realize that.
1: Yeah. So how do you think you have broken or are in the process of breaking that cycle? Is it because you are now practicing your medicine and have been finding your voice? Because when I've heard other podcasts with you speaking, Mm -hmm. you've talked about the trauma in your lineage and how the colonization took away all of the, the language and the rituals and the ceremonies mm-hmm. and your people weren't allowed to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And how destructive and devastating that was and how that's been carried through. So tell me a bit about that and whether your emergence of your voice and your medicine, which I know has been tentative to come through, mm-hmm do you feel that that has been part of that fixing
0: i think so it's still it's still going on like i you know last year i wrote a letter dear white woman who wants to be like me and yeah that was like a 10 year letter in the making so i think it's a constant journey of finding my voice speaking up because there is so much trauma and barriers to me accessing my own people's medicine yet i saw all these white women practicing with ease they don't have that trauma yeah. to go through right and yeah yeah um, i think that i think that finding that truth and speaking that truth has really helped me and in doing that like it's interesting right because there's a lot of Indigenous people that come to me that are really angry, that don't want me sharing the way I share and speaking up and okay. uh, teaching the way that I teach. So it's it's a bit of a challenging journey sometimes because my own medicine, which I, I am strongly connected to and I feel really confident in to actually share it with the bigger audience and have the visibility, um, sometimes is met with some, um, I, I don't know, like not always... <laughs> not always positive things and positive words. So I think that's a journey too. And just like standing firm and knowing that this has been an incredible journey for me to even get here. And I have a divine right to share this because of, because of just all the healing work that I've done and, and all of those things. So I believe that my body heals every time I speak truth. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. And so you've got that to compete with. As well because it's so easy for somebody to pick up a feather or, or wave some sage and and say some words but actually your lineage that was all taken away yeah and people banned from doing that and so that has got to be dealt with now
0: very sensitively right it does and it's like it actually makes me a bit emotional listening to you reflect that back because i think that's what the pain is about it's like yeah you know it took me for many years i had a private practice for 16 years as a homeopath and medicine healer and i you know i have a lot of experience with thousands of folks holding space and doing all this work and even then it's it's still it's still terrifying for me sometimes to claim those things because of because of all that trauma and even to teach anything right it's like people ask me to teach for so many years and i was just like I don't want to create many medicine people like I don't I want, I really focused on like, you know, you owning your medicine, bringing that forward through my teachings. But that's what people that's what folks come to me about, like, you're selling our ceremonies, mm. you're teaching these white women, all these things, like, it's just, there's so much divide in that way. Um, and that's not the truth. If, if folks really sat in a circle with me and knew my medicine and how I share and teach it's through storytelling, it's through my own experience. And then I'm trying to be a catalyst for folks to bring their own medicines forward and not be copies of me or copies of any, any, anything in that way, because we all have incredible medicine within. We all have access to our lineage in some way. Um, So we can call that forward from our blood and our memories. I believe that. Um, But it is, it is quite, it, it is kind of sticky. Sometimes I'm in the middle of that and,
1: yeah, it's a lot of work, and you're
0: in the middle of it with your own people as
1: well, because yeah. obviously they're they're looking at you, saying, "Will you will you stop doing this? Because yeah. it's not right." And you're saying, "No, it is right. It's my divine path to talk about this and to speak my truth."
0: Yes, yes. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, it's something that I work on every day to really root into that, um, because there's lots of there's lots of um, opinion about the right way and the wrong way and yeah. I believe that it's between you and creator or you and the universe I believe that only you can know you know there's lots of judgment out there um I tried to write that letter from a place of compassion just a place from how this can traumatize people and harm people but I never want people to feel like judged I I really try to open up the conversation I want to have conversations about it and I want to f- I want to feel like we can kind of have compassion for ourselves first and foremost, because defensiveness comes from that feeling of, I can't take this in. It's too painful for me. I feel shame. Mm -hmm. And then we defend ourselves. So I really try to have these conversations in just in an open-hearted way and just in a truthful way, because I think ultimately we're all all doing our best with what we know. Oh gosh, yeah.
1: And you know, I read that letter. I read that and I, I read every word and I really thought about it very carefully. And I questioned the world that I was moving into Mm. from my time with my teacher and my shaman and my ayahuasca ceremonies Mm -hmm. and that plant medicine. And that for me, I mean, anybody who's listened to my podcast, I've, I've told this story many times, but it was a complete destruction of the world that I knew and was comfortable in. And I was left with a complete void, like, well, I can't do my job anymore because... I can't do it that way. That's just not how I should be working. But yet I'm not a shaman because that takes a really long time to even think about understanding how to do that. And where i in the middle, and, and the coach I was working with is an ayahuasquero, and she said to me, why do you think ayahuasca chose you?
0: Mm.
1: It's not because of your experience with ayahuasca. It's because of your experience with everything you've done before. And she really encouraged me to find my medicine and to work with what I was gifted with. And so your letter compounded that. What am I bringing? Am I waving a feather around just because it's cool? And I really thought about that. And and so your words really made me think. And I was really, really pleased to have had that gifted to me. Mm.
0: Oh, thank you. It's the ripples of that letter have have gone on for sure. I think again it, that was from my own healing journey. It turned into it kind of blew up a little bit because <laughs> it went viral. <laughs> I was not expecting it to go viral. I really wasn't. It, so that it it did reach a lot of the corners of the world. I think, and I don't know. You know, I I think I share all of this so vulnerably because. I I don't want anybody to think that this is like an easy path. You know, we can see on Instagram and be like, Oh my goodness, this person just like looks like everything is all easy. And I just think like, I've been doing this. I've been in business now for 17 years and there's still those, there's just so much that unfolds within us, you know, to, to keep coming back to ourselves, to keep remembering who we are and to keep rooting down into how we're being called and how creator is guiding us to use our medicine. And I, that's why I say, I think only you can know what you're keeping sacred. This is not to say like everybody just like, you know, use the sage and use the ayahuasca and do that. But it's like you are developing the relationship. You are developing the sacred relationship. So who, who am I to judge how, how much you've done or, you know, like who am I to judge who's allowed to be a healer? Who am I to, I'm, I'm just, I feel like that's creator's job. I don't think that's my job. I'm not like a police. I'm not policing anything. No, but it was really
1: good. I think how you brought that topic up and just made very very clear and i mean my ceremonies were with my shaman Were i just watched and learned and watched and learned and watched and learned and they were deeply reverent to the lineage of where they were coming from right. the, the prayers and the opening blessings and the way it was done to feel into that for yourself when you are in a position of holding a circle Mm -hmm. and to be authentic with you and not try to be anything that you're not but to give thanks where it's due Mm -hmm. and to feel it gives authenticity to what you're doing and authenticity to the healing that somebody happens to have within your circle. Right,
0: right. And I think that's so beautiful to honor like the lineages as well. I'm also really, because of my own trauma around things being taken away and stripped away and that colonization, I'm also really, really conscious that why white women want these ceremonies and because of that I have that same wounded story like I have searched for like the perfect elder to teach me and the perfect like I've gone down that road so many times only to find that the best teacher is myself my Mm. experiences has taught me so much my clients have taught me so much sitting in the experience of sitting in circle hundreds of times is like that is my best experience and so I'm not here to judge anybody's connection or not connection to a lineage because sometimes it's really hard to really root that down like we can search for that everywhere and still still come home just still come back to the truth that maybe it's within us you know maybe there's something within us that's waiting to be born and i think there's a certain something i read uh, an article not so long ago about
1: the reemergence in this time and age of the medicine woman Mm. because the world is changing and we're seeing such a dramatic spin off from that whole male projection and and Persian ego mm-hmm. that the ground is has literally broken now and we need the feminine and the nurturing and the words and the the ritual in and I mean ritual in the sense of I'm going to do something today that grounds me and makes me feel clear right And I'm going to do something with meaning and I'm not going to just rush 100 miles an hour when I get up. I'm going to take my time and I'm going to be focused and clear about my intention in this particular act. And I think the world is screaming for that. And this archetype of the medicine woman seems to be what is being asked of us. What do you think about that medicine
0: woman archetype? Hmm, it's interesting. I've ch- I had medicine woman on my Instagram for so long, and I just changed it to recently to medicine healer. I think that that archetype is is a beautiful archetype um, and is needed in our lineage. And traditionally, you don't call yourself a medicine woman. Mm. Um, who knows? Maybe next week I'll change it back. You know, um, <laughs> but I, I I do believe that. I guess I can see it from the fact that I all I believe we all have this medicine, and the more women um or folks who identify that way who wish to to show up and shine that medicine i think that that will heal what needs to be healed but i think it all starts from within right i think going and doing our that own our own work and be taking responsibility for it for those pieces i think is like the first step and then your medicine is birthed from that your medicine is birthed from what you speak about on your podcast these these stories you know of of resilience. I think that's where that deep medicine comes from. So I I agree with what you're saying. Definitely. I think the wording is a little tricky right now in the context of what's going on. I don't know if you found that or.
1: It took a bit of who am I to even call myself that? But the people I was working with closely who knew the very bones of me, who knew my journey and knew my sincerity and My own rituals that I've made up that are not from any heritage or anything, that people who I give uh, so much grace to said, This is your medicine. Mm -hmm. This is your medicine. Mm. And I felt able to accept that at a certain point. But it was a long time before I thought, Seriously, I mean, I'm from a corporate coaching background, right? (laughs) Let's be clear. (laughs) So, it took a while, but I was I was given permission by some women that I respected hugely. And I felt that I could take that at that time. That's my healing as well. That's all part of my journey. Right. It's been a very interesting ride from that perspective yeah. for, for me also. Yeah.
0: Everybody has their own story, right? So it's just like, I think I am mm. here to like honor and respect that too. I see a lot of different opinions out there sometimes it's overwhelming <laughs> about all of that but I know just from sitting with so many folks in front of me that I felt people um, root into that medicine and see them rise and that is truly the most fulfilling thing that I can ever witness so I think that that's brilliant that that's part of your path and then part of your path because it's needed.
1: What would you say to anybody suffering with lupus or any other condition that they feel they are not responding well to the medicine that they've been given Mm. that they would like to think about doing something else but they just have no clue where to start Mm. how would you say to them because you've talked about the the medicine starts within you are the Mm. healer Mm -hmm. how does that translate to somebody that really has no clue about
0: where to start Hmm. that's a really good question it's oh, sometimes it's hard to remember the beginnings, right? Um, yeah, totally. I well for, and, and I think it could be overwhelming too saying, I want to try something natural, but I don't know what to start with, right? Like that's because there's so many, there's so many different things that you could do. But I think that just even like finding your own wise one, finding your own elder, you know, like, f- like finding in homeopathy, you talk about the vital force. We all have this energetic immune system. This, like, to me, it looks like this beautiful light of grace almost within our system that just, that responds to being reminded how to heal itself. So I would say, like, start there, start trying to find your inner wisdom, your vitality, your energetic immune system, even like, just like, take your hands and like, ask for the medicine to come in your hands and then place them on your body. Can I find my vital force today? I would just start there because I think that that listening starts to starts to lead you. And then you start to get the synchronicities and you start to like, even asking Creator, spirit, universe, angels, whoever you believe in, bring the right people before me who are going to be helpful on my healing journey. I think putting that request out, I think when we're dealing with chronic illness, many times we are so terrified to ask for help. Um, there's a mm-hmm. lot of layers of that, but I think even putting that request out starts that starts the healing journey and then and then it starts to unfold so those are the first kind of steps that I would that I would recommend
1: you know I've done that before with um asking for help about my career many years ago mm. I'm like okay I need a sign am I gonna do this or am I gonna do that yeah. and I was just every time I've asked I really have received signs that have been like massive signposts in front of go this way
0: go this way go this way I love that. It. Yeah, it, de- it really does happen. You know, It um, the universe is like a magical thing. And if we get in that flow, it's not I mean, this doesn't happen all the time. But if we get in that flow of I'm worthy of receiving help, I'm worthy of healing, I think feeling worthy of healing ourselves is one of the first places we need to go to. And that worthiness piece, I think is like a constant, especially when if you're dealing with an illness, it's just a constant healing, um, healing journey. So feeling worthy of asking for help is really is really important. Mm. and that question just asking the universe
1: anybody your angels your guides whoever you believe in just like point me in the right direction show show me somebody yeah. who can take me further yeah i love it asha one of my ceremonies has a blessing ceremony to the women because generally there have been women's circles that mm-hmm. show up in that circle and who put themselves in a position of doing their own healing usually with plant medicine And I feel that there are always three phases to a woman's life. The girls we used to be, the women we are now, and the women we are yet to become. So what would you say to the girl you used to be? If you could give her encouragement and wise words now, what would you give her?
0: Hmm. I would tell her that it's safe to rest, that she can slow down, and to trust in the wisdom of her body.
1: I love that that's so nice and so succinct what about the woman you are now what would you say what would your higher self your guide say to the woman you are now Hmm.
0: so interesting because I always see these things in a vision so I just see this beautiful bright star in my third eye and I would tell her your visions are coming true Um, all that you've dreamed of is happening root down into that truth and trust Mm, that's so beautiful
1: And do you, before I let you go, do you have a vision of the woman you are yet to become?
0: I see an elder um, standing on a stage and she's doing a smudge ceremony and she's drumming and she has grandchildren (laughs) running around. And that's really profound for me because there's been so many times in my life where I've been so afraid that I will not live to an old age. So
1: that Mm. is very healing for me to see. Wow, that sounds beautiful maybe one day I will be in the audience of that smudging ceremony and I'll be able to see you in your beauty doing that thank you for <laughs> that question that's a beautiful question Asher. it's really beautiful to hear your voice properly I, I really thank you for taking the time to talk to me and everything that I hear about you I, I love more and more so thank you so much for sharing everything that you do mm. I'm so grateful to have had this conversation with you Lynette thank you If you have a story of courage and bravery where you had to dig deep into your resilience and find your true power, I would really love to hear from you. Because when women stand up and tell their stories, they give hope and inspiration to those who are struggling right now. And we need a ton of strength sisters, women we know and women we don't know, to be held by, to be heard by, and to be inspired by dig deeper into your own self-discovery check out our hideaway retreats our secret coaching calls and our divine rituals to get you back on the road to your highest life purpose at www.awomansblessing.com and for me and from asha thank you so much for listening all the way to the very end and asha once again thank you so much for your love and your attention i really appreciate
0: it thank you